Hey everybody, Todd Mitchell here. Welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown. We are back a little bit early this week because we get to talk to Susanna Pollock, the president of Games for Change. We will hear about the festival, its background, and how you can get involved this year if you would like to attend virtually. Give it a listen. You'll find out everything you need to know and enjoy. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get started. Susanna, good morning. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, Sure. I'm Susanna Pollack, and I'm president of Games for Change. And the Games for Change Festival will be underway when we uh, release this podcast. What number year is this? How many years has Games for Change been going on? We will be holding our 18th annual Games for Change Festival from July 12th to the 14th. Very cool. And this is an online year, online year number two now, right? Yeah, it's our second time running a virtual event. Um, I, I'd like to say it's it became easier the second time round, but I'd, I'd be lying. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of unknown things that pop up when you're running something virtually and online. But the, uh, the reward is just tremendous. Uh, we, we found when we ran our, our event virtually for the first time last year um, that our audience grew almost seven times. Wow. We went from like what was a, a thousand person event like very respectable numbers. It's like, you know, a, a great in-person event that happens in New York City and people come from all over. But when we ran it virtually, um, we also made a decision to make it free. We were, we were able to do that because of wonderful sponsors that we have. And we had nearly 7,000 people attend from 81 countries. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, this will be another free year. Is that right? Yeah, so we're doing it again free. Um, we have to figure out what the model is going ahead because we want to... <laughs> you know, have some kind of in-person event too. There's something very special about seeing people um, and the kind of relationships that can develop uh, in in an in-person event. But I don't think we will ever move away from having some sort of free online event that's attached to the festival. Very cool. I've talked to a lot of event organizers over the last year who I think everyone's in that mode right now. Everyone's determining how they move forward as everybody wants to go back to in-person uh, on on both sides, organizers and attendees. But everyone also seems to want to keep this online momentum going. And I, I think that's great. Not everybody gets to go everywhere they would like to. And uh, I, I hope you're able to, to do that. That would be uh, great. Yeah. What also ended up stemming out of this is that uh, we put new emphasis on our global chapters. So we've had chapters at Games for Change in other countries before, um, in Europe and in Latin America. And we've tried in other countries on and off over our you know nearly 20 year existence. But we have new enthusiasm to hold local events in different countries. And so we will be hosting or partnering with people on the ground in um, Australia and Melbourne to host an event also in um, Latin America, where we'd be active, and also in Africa. So those would be other ways in which people can experience the content and develop community um, around the world. I wish everybody got to do that. All of the the big industry events, uh, that would be outstanding if we were able to take more events to more people. I think that's great. So uh, let's talk about the overall mission of Games for Change for anyone not familiar yet. Sure. Um, So we are a not-for-profit. And as I said, we've been around for almost 20 years, you know, and we were built, uh, created with a belief that video games can have a power beyond entertainment. 
um, that we, there's this, um, what has grown to be a ubiquitous form of media that um, is now in literally everyone's hands because of, of cell phones, um, but in other ways to engage with it. And that there are unique affordances around video games that lend themselves really well to be drivers of social impact. Um, so we've been building a community of practice uh, for many years, uh, bringing in different you know, stakeholders into the space, whether they're coming to this as a game developer, but also from the not-for-profit and foundation side, the healthcare sector, the education sector, policy, educators. Um, so uh, that's what's really special about the Games of Change event itself is that it's attended by so many different kind of industries um, and just what's just general about the makeup of, of uh, the community at large. Um, so in addition to the festival, um, we have other programs we run year round that, that also is created to help bring more people into this space. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be tough to balance the programming and the experience for people from that many industries and walks of life. I know, you know, game developers, players, uh, policymakers. I mean, how do you <laughs> how do you sort of balance uh, what you offer and what you sort of aim to do with your events across those disciplines? Well, the the G4C Festival in particular is, you know, it, it is designed to be a hub to bring all these different sectors together. So when we create a programming strategy, um, well, from, from the beginning, we think about uh, the different audiences and what their interests might be. Then we can program along those lines to help direct people what to attend and what to focus on. So we have a Games for Learning track that clearly... Uh, speaks to educators and academia. We also have a track on health and wellness. Um, and so that's a, a, a growing sector of how games and XR are being used for digital therapies and wellness. Um, and then civic and social issues, which is kind of like this broad bucket of, you know, how games can and XR can be used to um, drive awareness around social issues, reach audiences that are otherwise hard to reach, um, help with training, um, community building, and the such. So that, that helps audiences to figure out what, what um, they want to pay attention to. But the beauty of it is that, you know, you can cross-pollinate, you know, and we are hoping the people who are working in education goes to a health and wellness center session and things like that. But so many people come to us as their first stop in this journey, you know, of, you know, of thinking that they want to use a game. They think they understand there's an opportunity there. They're not exactly sure what to do. And so they come to the Games to Change Festival and, and we give, you know, enough like thought leadership, high level conversations about how games can be used in, in for different social impact goals. And but then we also have more of a deep dive into, you know, some of the, the more um, strategic examples or best practices in this space. So there really is something for everyone. And this has been going on long enough now that I'm sure you probably feel like as soon as you really sort of gain some momentum, the technology changes, the, uh, the issues change. Is that hard to keep up with? I would say it's not hard to keep up with, but um, it, what, it, what makes it all exciting, right? We try to stay at the cutting edge of all of that. Um, in many ways, just the fact that games is being used for social impact is cutting edge, right? Like it's already kind of on the forefront of, of impact, right? And you think about mm-hmm. impact. We're not a technology event. We're not, we're not an event that's talking about the newest, latest, latest tech, but, but we are an event that is bringing together this media and technology with impact. So 
So we do try to think about where the trends are going. And, and that's why we launched XR for Change four years ago. Well, we saw that with the emergence of virtual reality, once again, um, we saw a couple of things happen. We saw game developers starting to create content using these new platforms as there are new markets uh, to, to explore. And then we also saw the not-for-profits and the foundations and the um, impact organizations curious about how they can how they can use this new form of media particularly as in virtual reality there was you know a lot of conversation about empathy building and you know and how it, it really allows people to have insights and experiences that they wouldn't otherwise have so we felt that there was it was a good place for us to develop bringing these these conversations together very much the way we did with games over the past you know prior 15 years and now build that community around VR and that changed into XR for change. First, it was VR for change. And then we realized this technology is growing. It's not just virtual reality. It's augmented reality, too. It's mixed reality, too. And that's where the, the kind of uh, umbrella brand of XR comes in. And we will continue to uh, investigate and present new opportunities like that. I guess we should talk about uh, the big focus for this year, since we're kind of getting into that direction already. What are the key elements of uh, this year's festival? Well, we've all collectively shared, uh, you know, unprecedented 15 months, or well, in the case of Games of Change Festival, a year since the last event. Um, but it's also been like a tremendous time for the games industry, right? We've seen tremendous growth in, in the sector itself as more and more people turn to games as ways to deal with isolation and to connect with friends and loved ones, um, to help with mental stress. Like a lot of people are playing games. And I think that the conversation around games has shifted too um, in terms of a better understanding about how games can play a more positive role in our lives. And so at, at the Games for Change Festival, we really want to build on the positive opportunities and, and growth that's come out of the last year. Um, and while there are sessions going to be about like what we learned in remote education from the pandemic and things like that, um, it's really, I think, a more uplifting and kind of positive uh, vision of where we see this industry heading. Um, or this this uh, games and impact and VR and impact is heading. So we do have wonderful sessions that are about innovative use of this technology and this medium, but we also have focused in on helping helping provide a platform for new voices and marginalized voices. And I think that's also something we saw right over the past year with Black Lives Matter and and a. PIA issues that have come up and continued LGBTQ. So we've always seen Games for Change as being a platform for diverse voices. We really put an emphasis on that. Um, and we have a, a spotlight series on indig indigenous creators and the role and the importance of using games to tell indigenous stories and indigenous creators being part of the gaming ecosystem. We have focused on APIA and, and, um, and a lot of conversation around BIPOC creators as well. Uh, so that's, I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. How do you measure success for something like this? I mean, are there direct things you can look at and go, we accomplished this, or do you sort of try to keep tabs on uh, the industry and these uh, issues in general? That's a good question. Um, I mean, very straightforwardly, one level of success is how many people come join the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many people are coming to the festival. And we do record everything and put them, put all of our sessions out as individual sessions on YouTube. And that's something that's live, you know, 
forever. So people come back and visit that. Um, we also look to get certain media, you know, um, coverage because that helps just raise awareness around games itself. I mean, a lot of our success is about our speaker's success and the games that are being presented, right? So very much, you know, the coverage that we receive from media, it's about this this neuroscientist's research that he's doing at his games lab, you know, about a game that treats ADHD. If Games for Change is mentioned because there's a, because he spoke at our festival, that's great, but the success is the exposure that these great projects have, because that way it lifts up the community at large and becomes more, and more people on the public and the public side become more familiar and understanding what the potential for these games can be. So we really see ourselves as part of this big ecosystem um, and games for change is, is really exists to help raise it one to help create the ecosystem, which is very much what we were doing at the beginning of our, um, our, our uh, when we were founded and now it's to elevate and grow this ecosystem. So um, yeah, I mean, if there's a, a game that was, you know, in a prototype or a beta that came to our festival and we gave somebody a platform to talk about the research behind it. And he meets an investor at our festival because we have a whole meet the funders session and they met a funder and they got money or they got a grant from the you know National Science Foundation and the game gets released in a year. Like that's a big success story because they found those opportunities through the Games for Change Festival. Um, but it's not as if we track track that as a measure of success. Um, a lot of that just happens organically and, and we're thrilled. Did you know that the top 10 mobile games in the U.S. grossed more than $340 million last month? If you want to earn more with your games, AppFigures has the tools you need to get more downloads and revenue. You may know AppFigures for analytics and app store optimization, but now they can help you track competitors and the game market. We're talking downloads, how much money they're making, the audience demographics, and even which tools they use to power their games. Their competitor intelligence gives great context. If you have an idea for an app or a game, AppFigures can tell you how big the market is and how much money you could be making with it. Say a competitor adds a new feature or was mentioned in the news, AppFigures can tell you if that brought in more downloads and that is just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your game or building a new one, AppFigures can help you reduce risk and get more downloads. You don't need a big budget or a data science degree. AppFigures has made this affordable and simple. They have guides and tutorials to take you step-by-step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. Head to appfigures.com slash on slash game dev breakdown to try AppFigures for free. And if you like it, use our special code GDB3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. Big thanks to AppFigures for sponsoring the show. Obviously, a, an awesome product of the festival is a lot of developers who are, they sort of have the odds stacked against them, if my take on, on the situation is correct. I mean, if you're doing games for a good cause, you don't necessarily have the highest level of opportunity in the industry because that's just not how the the business works. But how do you sort of determine uh, who to feature each year? How many games are you able to bring in? Because that has to be very... uh I don't know if competitive is the right word, but there has to be a ton of interest in that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's only so many speaking slots that that are that we can offer, um, and I can tell you that 
my team is always upset with me for over-programming this festival because there's so much good content and good projects coming in. And I, I really want to highlight as much as we can. Um, so there are, there are really three places that we, um, that we, that currently that we are able to promote projects. One is our games to change award, uh, platform. So we have an awards, uh, program every year. Um, it's a peer reviewed process. Anyone can submit, a, 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 a game or an XR experience, as long as it's released within, you know, the time frame that, that we, that are within our guidelines. And then we have, you know, a whole process of peer review of getting to you know finalists um of of that and then at the festival we showcase those games in our arcade this year it's online otherwise it'd be in person and then we have an award ceremony right so that that's a process that takes care of itself right and and is open to any creator developer to participate in and 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 see how they do Um, the second is um uh, another uh exhibition area, which is our immersive arcade. So we also, I think this year we have close to 30 um, XR experiences that we curate ourselves um, and uh, and offer opportunities for people to explore. Again, if it was in person, we have head, you know, VR headsets and mm-hmm. all over uh, an exhibition floor. This year it's all being offered online and, and a lot of it can be accessed through the Oculus uh, store. TV store. Um, and then the third piece is our curation, right? The talks and the panels and the workshops and all of that, that, that we offer. Um, and that too is open, is an open submission process. Um, and then we have curators who are reviewing what comes in and then also doing their own solicitation and creative programming. And, and man, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to choose what to pick. Um, and that's why, you know, I, we are trying to focus on new voices on, um, on diverse voices, uh, on on topics that often aren't covered in other converse, in other events. I mean, our, we don't always our sessions aren't always focused on a project or a game. It might be a conversation on DEI issues, you know, or a conversation on um, on research methods, on how to assess value, you know, assessment. Um, so it's a it's a it's a combination of great projects, you know, that are perhaps let's say my more high profile, right? Like understanding how Ubisoft is creating educational versions of Assassin's Creed that might draw attention because it's Assassin's Creed and it's a popular title. And somebody may not know that actually there's an education version of that, but there also, there's a movement in Nigeria on BIPOC creators and we want to help support their efforts and draw attention to the amazing work they're doing there. Right. So it's it's always a balance. Like mm-hmm. that. that that makes good sense. And uh, I would love to hear about what uh, parents can hope to uh, take away from the festival this year. Well, it's interesting. Parents typically like as a demographic are not people who we market towards the event. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of industry people are parents. So like, I'm a parent. But but but, you know, the. But our, our marketing and our community is, you know, usually there because they're working in the space or they want it, you know, they're coming up from, from a, a professional standpoint. However, with um, an initiative that we launched a few, uh, just last year called Raising Good Gamers, um, we are creating some programming that we believe has a lot of interest to parents, regardless of whether they are working in or around the games industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is of interest to, as we moved from, 
just focusing as an organization of, of advocating for the use of games and building this community of practice, there is very there is more of an opportunity now to have more of a public facing conversation with people about the role of games, uh, particularly coming out of the pandemic, right? The fact that people are looking at games a little differently and parents have seen their kids play Minecraft because it's the only, you know, all day because it's the only way they get to play with their friends because they can't see their friends because everyone's, you know, in lockdown. So this is like unique opportunity right now to, to draw attention to that, positive role that games have played in kids' lives and address the parents and making sure they understand that um, that games can play, a, that, that can continue to play a positive role. But there are also other issues around games that we want to address that parents have been a, a concerned of, like toxicity and bullying and all the kids safe but online. And so through Raising Good Gamers, um, we now have um, a, a uh, initiative that is drawing attention to uh, creating safe online play spaces for young people and and uh, in gaming environments. And there are about four or five sessions of the festival that I think will be particularly of interest to parents so they can better understand um, what's happening with their kids because it first has to start with understanding. So Katie Salen, who was a professor uh, at UC Irvine in California, um, <laughs> is our partner on uh, Raising Good Gamers, and she is giving a keynote uh, talk about what we get wrong about kids playing, behaving badly online. Uh, she's a researcher, uh, an expert on this subject. Um, uh, we're also, just so she'll be speaking about that. We also have sessions where young people, seventh graders are gonna have an opportunity to talk directly to developers of their favorite games of Roblox and Minecraft. Um, we have a session on, um, inclusivity and safe spaces uh, for for kids by people who are working in the space within the space researchers and um, and policy and uh, safety experts community experts uh, so there there are a lot of really interesting sessions I think for parents to um, get a better handle on what their kids are experiencing online and how they can support them and it seems like part of the strategy inherently here is that catching gamers on the way into uh, what they do as when they're young and when they're first getting a hold of this technology, I mean, sort of creates a more educated player base that grows up to be, you know, adults who are around this and who will, of course, raise their own children. And maybe we uh, address a lot of the <laughs> toxicity issue across games at, at once that I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Yeah, I mean, that that absolutely is our approach. I mean, toxicity and harassment online is, is an issue. It's an issue in social media. It's an issue in games. And there are, uh, uh, you know, many ways that the industry is trying to uh, address it. What we're focusing on, where we believe we can have a long-term systemic impact, is to focus on the younger generation and help them develop the skills to be more pro-social gamers, um, but also help have the, from the industry side and the support side, support them in, um, in their experiences at this very impressionable young age that can then, uh, they take with them as they grow into the next, you know, into a continue to be the generation of, of gamers as they move through their, their lives. So uh, as we sort of draw to a close, this is a pretty focused uh, audience of developers, designers, uh, people in the, the creative uh, roles. So what can they look for in the festival? What, what should they go in expecting and what should they be sure not to miss? 
Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I think it'd be wonderful uh, for the audience to participate and watch our Games to Change Awards. Um, you will be inspired and impressed with the amazing games that are, that, that are coming through that program. We have an amazing host, Sugar Gamers, Keisha Howards. We have musical talent, Mega Ran. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's also going to be a, a really interesting announcement that, uh, that we're making, uh, a, a great partnership with Cartoon Network um, that will uh, talk about some of our, our work um, and working with uh, reaching parents and kids around raising good gamers. So that's a session that I think will uh, be exciting on Monday. Uh, it's also at the same time, uh, right after Katie Salen's speech about what we get wrong about kids behaving badly online. So mm -hmm. I think that'll be a great session to attend to. Gosh, it's so hard for me to pick like one or two things <laughs> to see. Yeah, all of the Raising Good Gamer sessions are going to be fantastic. Um, there's also a very inspiring talks um, about from people who work at the World Bank, who work at the UN, um, that work within... Um, you know, in countries uh, that you might not hear from, like Ukraine, uh, there are game developers and researchers all over the world making great games that are driving significant impact. Awesome. So, uh, and I'll, I'll look through and try to include any good highlights in uh, show notes. As we sort of leave off, let people know uh, URLs they can check out, any social media accounts they should look at, anything you'd like to sort of plug. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to gamesforchange.org um, and you will see right there uh, links to how to join our festival. It is free. Uh, again, you do need to register. So uh, you should get on that now. It'll start on Monday. Uh, I think 9 a.m. is is the beginning of the festival Eastern. Uh, it'll run for three days. Um, we also uh, are on Facebook and on Twitter. I don't know our handles, so we'll have to have those be in the footnotes. Um, but, uh, we have, yeah, presence in all the, all the socials and, um, yeah. And, and then we have our YouTube, YouTube channel. So if anyone's interested in checking out that they can't come to the festival, but want to check out the content afterwards, you can go check out our YouTube channel where we also house all of our past year content as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, Susanna, thank you. And, uh, congrats on the festival success so far. And, uh, here's hoping for a great one here in 2021. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the Game Dev Breakdown podcast, I would love if you would subscribe on the podcast platform of your choosing. We have show notes available at CodeWritePlay.com. My book, Inside Video Game Creation, is available now at Amazon in ebook, paperback, and hardcover formats. We are available on Twitter at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, and me, Todd Mitchell, at MechaToddZilla with 1D and 2Ls. Love to hear from you about feedback, topics, anything that's on your mind, please don't hesitate. Get out there and do something you're proud of this week, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.